This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning. Welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you know what our goal is. We want to provide some really good information so that all of you know what to do in the real estate market. Um, You wouldn't expect a football team to go into a game unprepared. Same thing here. You wouldn't go into the real estate market unprepared. So get all the good information you can, just like the football team, watching video clips. Um, Well, every Saturday morning you have that opportunity to listen in to Welcome Home Radio and um, get get some good information. And every week we have the privilege of being able to bring in one of our 4,000 members and affiliate members. And I have two of them here today to help. And that would be Brandon Uribe of Villa Rio Estates Realty. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Don? Good. Thank you for being down here. We also have David Keller of Alameda Mortgage, a loan officer. Yes, sir. How are you doing, Don? Good. Okay, I got a question to ask you about Alameda Mortgage. Hit me. Okay. <laughs> um, hit you with a question, right? Uh, okay. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. An agent asked me yesterday, hey, have you heard of Alameda Mortgage? I mm-hmm. said, yes, I have, but it's a new name here. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the company, obviously, you know, in Alameda County uh, originally, it's been around for quite a long time. But our CEO, that's our current CEO, Ron, has been uh, with the company for about four years. He's been pushing to expand a little bit larger. So they were much more of a local, you know, locally known, you know, mortgage lender. But they've been really pushing to grow into different areas. Fresno being one of them. So we're their newest Central Valley branch. Okay, but you guys were a, another company, for, uh, big company, had quite a few loan officers. Uh, it was no. So we were we were known as Integrity First Financial Group. Yeah. So our operations team, in terms of who you're going to deal with on a day-to-day basis here in Fresno, the processors, your you know loan officers, they're all the same. Uh, we've just changed who we we have on the back end, helping us fulfill those loans, underwrite them, that kind of deal. Okay. And in a little while, we're going to get into some loans and uh, loan information. Along with, we'll talk with Brandon too about the general market out there. Uh, but first, I, I want to get into a thing called YPN. That is a organization which is um, a part of the Association of Realtors. You two are heavily involved in it. Um, I seem to be too, although I, I think, <laughs> I think uh, I'm better suited for the OPN. <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners what YPN means? So then they'll know what OPN means. YPN is a Young Professionals Network. Uh, it is um, actually adopted by NAR and CAR, and we have it here locally. NAR, National, uh, National Association of Realtors, California Association of Realtors, and the Fresno Association of Realtors. Uh, I'm this year's 2019 chair for YPN in Fresno, and David was a 2018 committee member for YPN uh, last year as an affiliate. And the mission statement of YPN is to help young professionals excel in their career by giving them the tools and encouragement to become involved. Uh, Most young realtors that enter the industry don't really know what they're doing and don't know where to start. YPN is is an organization that really helps young professionals find a place at their association, and it's really the first step 
to excelling in leadership. And uh, ever since I joined, a little bit less than four years ago, I was heavily involved with YPN, and this would actually be my third year serving on the committee. Um, and so YPN significantly helped me in my career and it's provided me a lot of opportunity, and I would you know, say that you know, David can probably vouch for that. Yeah, and I, just to kind of tag along to what you're saying, so I, I'm new to the industry. I've been a loan officer for just over two years now. Uh, the first year, I pretty much just went on my own. I didn't have a lot of support, and I have my company. But in terms of those, uh, you know, relationships with other people in the industry, you know, people in the escrow or title office, other real estate agents like Brandon, uh, I really was limited in those connections, and that really harmed me, you know. So not only growing my business, but in terms of growing my, you know, education, being able to understand the process from both sides of, of the deal, not just from the lending side, and creating lifelong, you know, friendships. You know, I, I, I can't say enough good things about how much it's benefited me, even in just the year that I've been involved. Well, the part that I really like is the education, mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned that. The YPN puts out a lot of educational opportunities for its members, and that has a direct impact on the consumer. So the buyers and sellers out there, even though they're maybe looking at a, um, a young face, uh, they can rest assured that there is training there for them. Yeah, the, definitely. And, you know, we focus here in Fresno uh, a lot on education. And, you know, the biggest thing is professionalism and ethics. Um, and by focusing on that, we create professional realtors and affiliates at the same time. We, we create our events to be fun and, and, you know, joyful, I guess you can say. But our focus is to create professionals in this industry because if we're going to be here, for a long time, we need to know what we're doing. And that was one of the biggest takeaways for YPN when I first joined. Uh, now I'm chair, and you know I would say that 95% of our events are focused on education. You know, when I got started, um, it, the real estate industry was quite a bit different. I got in at the age of 21, and the next youngest person in the office was like 55 years old. Wow. So it... it and almost everybody, it was their second, third career. Um, and so it was quite a bit different. There really were not a lot of educational opportunities. In fact, I just had to follow agents around and listen. And, and I remember going in the file and writing down what one of the more experienced agents did on his contracts. And that's how I got my training. Yeah, so it was a lot more you having to do it on your own. There wasn't any kind of system in place to help you, right? Yeah, that that's correct. Yeah. Um, however, the Association of Realtors soon thereafter did start a, an education committee. and um, But now there's so many different ways for realtors to learn. And I almost have to challenge a lot of the younger, newer you don't necessarily need to be younger, but, but a lot of the newer agents, get educated because that's how you're going to best serve your clients. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, getting educated um, and YPN allows for newer agents, even more experienced agents, to meet the new faces in the industry, and that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I represent a buyer or a seller, and I can say that I know, 75% of the agents on the leadership level at our association or at least 10% of agents of all 4,000 in Fresno, 
that really makes an impact and a difference. And YPN provides newer agents networking opportunities that, that honestly, they, they shouldn't pass up. You know, our real estate industry is different than most because we really have a community. Um, I don't know if most of the industries out there have that community of with other competing offices. Um, but that is so important because our business model is set up to where two peop- two different co- competitors come together with that spirit of cooperation to put a trans- one transaction together. So knowing one another is really helpful. And uh, let me ask this on it. I'm going to ask David, the loan officer. So you get a let's say you get a, a, a contract in and you're going to be working the, the loan for the buyer and you happen to know the listing agent. Mm-hmm. Is that a benefit to you? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I find a huge benefit myself in becoming known, right? So the, what I kind of liken it to is putting my skin in the game, right? So it it's, was very easy to kind of sit back on the on the bench and not be known in the community because it felt a little bit more safe. But by getting out there and being known, putting a face to a name, shaking someone's hand, I have an obligation to perform my job well, do a good job, because I don't want to look like a clown when I go to you know that next event or the next you know YPN meeting. So it creates this kind of sense of community and also accountability mm-hmm. amongst people who know each other, because it's not just some you know signature on an email or on a contract. There's someone that I know that I've met that I'm going to see again. So it, it helps me. And I think a lot of times the listing agents to have trust that I'm going to perform my duty and things are going to go smoothly. I'm going to be upfront with them. I'm not going to try to, you know, hide the truth, but I'm going to do my job, perform it well, and do it with integrity. It, that's very well said. That you're going to see those people again. So that is a benefit to dealing locally rather than going online to doing your mortgage. Um, if there's a mistake made online. They can click and delete, and, and, and it's kind of all over. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have an obligation to be problem solvers, right? So if something comes up because it's a long transaction. It takes a long time. A lot of my clients, you know, it's not a 30-day deal. You know, I'm getting them pre-approved. I'm, I'm helping them oftentimes for four, five, six months. Now, that's a lot of time to be invested. I'm meeting them in person. I know the agent's involved. If it's someone out of town, there's they don't have anything really to lose by pulling away. You know, they lose the dollars, but they don't have any of themselves invested in the deal. I remember one time I was the listing agent, so I didn't really know the uh, the loan officer, although I knew of him. And he had the guts to because and he said he did it because he knew he was going to run into me again. <laughs> he had the guts to call me up and say, I've made a really bad mistake. I forgot to order the appraisal, and we are already 14 days into this. We're going to be late. He goes, but here's my solution. But the fact that he was up front with me really meant something. And he did solve it. He did ask me to get a three-day extension, which we were able to get. Um, I ended up using that guy as a uh, mortgage loan officer for many years afterwards because yeah. of that honesty. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, but not everybody's willing to admit when they do. Right. With that, we are going to go to our first commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN.
Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us, we have David Keller of Alameda Mortgage, loan officer and affiliate member of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we also have Brandon Uribe of Villa Rio Estates Realty, a uh, realtor member of the Fresno Association of Realtors. So, interesting, we have a good mix of people here today to tell us, let's get your gut feel on the market. Here we are entering the middle part of February. Um, we're past the holidays now. Um, what? How, how does the, Fres- the local market feel to you? And if I could start off with Brandon. Uh, in comparison to last year, uh, I would definitely say it's a little bit more at ease. Uh, last year, you threw something on the market, and before you knew it, you had two, three offers. You're contacting your lender. How much higher can we go? You know, what can we cut back on? Do we need closing costs? That kind of stuff. Um, you know, with the holidays coming around, you know, things start to slow up a few months before Christmas and then start picking up, I would say, end of February for the most part. Um, but one of the biggest things I've noticed um, are on listings of mine. Um, last year, in the middle of last year, I put a listing up and I pretty much had offers before the houses were even shown. This year, I would say that now it's taking a few days for people to get in there to show interest and to um, get offers get offers on the table. And so I've noticed a little bit less of a frenzy, I guess you can say. Okay. I liked how you said that, at ease, mm-hmm. less of a frenzy, uh, which is more normal. Which is, yes. I haven't been in the industry long enough to know what kind normal of what, is. What, what normal <laughs> is. Um, but when I entered the industry, it was hot. It was just really a frenzy, and the peak of last year was crazy. So um, I would definitely say it's at ease. You know, I take a lot of what I know from my dad's experience in the industry of 27 years. Well, that's right. Tell you, you you come from a real estate family, so you were at the age of one. You still were hearing about it, real estate. Yeah, I've been involved in it my whole life. <laughs> not by, not by choice, but. About four years ago, I decided to uh, get my license and hang it at my, my parents' brokerage. My dad's been in the industry 27 years, uh, and now the broker of our office, and my mom has been in the industry, also a realtor, for about 10 years now. So um, went into the family business. I love it, but I learn a lot about the past of real estate through my dad, um, through his mentorship and uh, just his teachings. And so it's really humbled me, and it humbled me when the years were, were hot. Um, and so going into 2019 where it's a little bit more at ease, I'm not panicking like I think a lot of newer agents might. Um, and that's due in part to, um, to that, to that experience right there. Mm-hmm. All right. And I don't really know. I've been in it over 40 years. I don't really know if there's ever been a time you could call normal because it, it's, that's one thing about the real estate market. It fluctuates, it moves, and I guess it's a lot like the stock market. You know that, you know what's normal there, unless you look back and kind of average everything out and say, oh yeah, you know the '90s were kind of normal. Um, I know you don't know the '90s. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably about when you guys were born. <laughs> I know a couple years in there. <laughs> Too bad you guys missed the '60s. That was a fun time. <laughs> All right. Um, what What do you see, David, from the loan officer side about the general market? Yeah. It's, so it's been interesting, right? So because 
uh, like you were saying last year, was it was kind of a frenzy. It was so uh, competitive for a lot of my buyers. Obviously, as a lender, I'm not representing the sellers of properties, you know. But for my buyers, it was difficult. You know, we had to come up with an extremely strong offer. You know, certain offers, whether it was a different loan product or a, you know. Uh, escrow, you know, period, if maybe longer than 30 days, they weren't necessarily even considered just because there were so much activity of people just trying to buy up properties as quickly, quickly as they could. I think it's become a little bit nicer, a little bit more steady, consistent. My buyers are having a little more opportunity. Maybe they're a little short on closing costs, you know, to maybe get a slight seller concession to help them get into that first time home. There's seems to be a little bit more opportunities for the a lot of first time home buyers especially to to have more avenues to home ownership than maybe there were last year just because houses were flying off the market so quick. Mm-hmm. I like what you say. There's more opportunities now. Yeah. Um now sometimes though buyers and sellers get overzealous. So I think maybe last year at this time sellers weren't even at the bargaining table. You know, they, they they would leave four or five buyers there at the bargaining table. It's like, you guys, give me the best offer. Mm-hmm. And they'd come in and pick this one. Now the sellers have to be involved. But here's what I'm seeing, and tell me if you see this too. A lot of buyers are hearing that the market is shifting. You know, it's not a frenzied seller's market anymore. Some buyers are being overzealous. Mm. Last week, I showed a home to some of my buyers. It was not the right home for them. They needed something bigger. But, man, it was a nice home. It was well cared for. And I felt aggressively priced. And I told them that, you know, if they did want to make an offer on that one, it's going to be competitive. I said I could see three, four, five offers coming in on that. Well, I talked to the listing. But my buyers didn't make an offer on it. We weren't one of them. She said she had four offers, three, uh, and this was at a price point of two seventy-five. She said she had three offers come in, two fifty-five, two sixty, in that range, mm-hmm. way off. One person did come in at, at full price. They ended up with it, and I thought got a tremendous buy. Yeah, but what were those other buyers thinking that came in so much lower? Can I answer a little bit of that? So yeah, mm-hmm. I know obviously on the lending side, but I, I deal with a lot of clients that I think are like this. Uh, and you know, kind of a little bit about me, I come from the car business, right? So I dealt with lots and lots of deals every month. But there were certain times where, you know, clients, we are having to almost buy, you know, their interest, right? And and they think, people think that you can, you know, they don't maybe like the house, but they say, well, I like the house at this price, you know, at a significant discount. But it's it's not the same thing. The the way that the negotiations for a house work, the valuation that the, the, the seller agent is setting is not a guess. If they're an educated realtor, they've done their research, they've, they've priced it out correctly. There's a reason that they're pricing it at that value. And I think I saw it last last year go both ways. A lot of the sellers were just asking for an arm and a leg and ten grand over, and if it doesn't appraise, you're going to pay the difference. And then now I think that maybe the the buyers are feeling it's like their turn to do the same thing back. Uh, mm-hmm. Say so I I've seen it go both ways. I think just thinking with a level head, having a professional coach you in terms of where the real value is 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 the way to go, rather than getting all emotional. And that's what a good realtor is: is a good coach. Absolutely. Speaking yeah, no. of a good realtor, Brandon, <laughs> hey, let's hear from I'm you right on here. this one. <laughs> um, 
I think there's a big misconception, I would say, a lot with uh, millennials or, or people who are, not, who are not experienced in buying homes, maybe they're buying their first home, that they're waiting for the market to drop. They're waiting for the prices of homes to significantly drop, interest rates to drop. And I don't really know where they're getting this. I have a feeling they're getting it from the media. Um, but the realities are that the market is its still a great market. It's still a great market, and I think right now buyers have more opportunity now to come in and us as realtors and lenders get them more bang for their buck. And sellers are starting to ease off pricing their homes over market value because last year most most sellers, what they were doing is the agents were giving them the market value in a property, and they were saying, no, let's go 10000 over mm-hmm. just for the sake of doing it because they knew the market was hot. So I think reality is kind of starting to set in. And the market's still great. It's just that reality setting in a little bit. And most people, it's simple. It's all education. Mm-hmm. Talk to your realtor. Talk to someone who you know is in the industry and just ask them, hey, what do you think about this? It's as simple as that. Don't Google you know, market trends, this, this, and that, because you're going to get a bunch of baloney that's going to tell you, oh, my gosh, the market is, is dropping when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And when you Google it and you get that information, it might be true. In Minnesota. Exactly. Absolutely. But maybe not here in sunny central California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can I say one more yeah, thing? Yeah, go for it. Well, the other thing I'd like to say is, I mean, thinking of like our generation, right? So millennials, what we've, what we've seen is something historic in terms of the recession we went through, right? And, you know, at the end of the 2000 and zeros, right? 2006 through 10, I think that a lot of people our age go, oh, that's when real estate went on sale, it, and then interest rates followed. They went on sale, too. That wasn't a sale. That was a recession. So I think they're looking, oh, well, I'll just wait for the next one of those. Well, I hope that doesn't happen like yeah. that ever again. That's not a healthy market. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my father, who's about 96 years old, he's seen two of those in his lifetime, the Great Depression yeah. and the Great Recession. But there were y- decades and decades Absolutely. in between them. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us, helping us out today, is Brandon Uribe of Villarreal Estates Realty. Realtor extraordinaire. I'd like uh, to think so, Don. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say something nice about Nina, please. Well, no, his father paid me $20 uh, to say that. Uh, <laughs> and then we have David Keller, real uh, a loan officer extraordinaire with Alameda Mortgage. Thank All you. right. Um, your dad didn't really pay me 20 Yeah, I figured he no, would. Yeah, but I know, but I still know he'd like to hear it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about lending because that lending had a big part to do with that big recession we had 15 or I wasn't licensed then so it wasn't me okay (laughs) well so a lot of the loan officers weren't either (laughs) (laughs) which by the way is a big change yeah back in 2004 5 6 there was a huge thing where you could a loan officer could either be licensed through the Department of Real Estate or licensed through the Department of Corporations. And the Department of Corporations would have been for, you know, a loan officer for a big, huge bank, and their employees didn't have to have a real estate license. That made sense because there was a lot of oversight. But all of a sudden, you get these guys that are finagling the law. 
form a small corporation of three people, and then they could go out and just hire anybody to be a loan officer with no training, no nothing, just go get the application, bring it in. And, of course, the um, investors had all these weird loans like, you don't need documentation, mm-hmm. you don't need a down payment. Negative amortization, a bunch of things. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous products. Ca- cash out refis mm-hmm. up to 100% of equity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is what caused the, well, I always say it was the real estate industry on steroids because the loans were on steroids. And then when it we went through the recession, we were over-medicated on sedatives because when the banks realized what was going on, they tightened the valve down as tight as could be. It was hard to get a loan. And one good thing came, that came out of all this is now there is the NMLS. Can, can you tell us what that is, Ben? You got one? Yeah, so it's, it's just a, it's licensing. So you have to go through, it's, I think it's just over 20 hours of testing, uh, and then you're going to go and have to t- pass a, uh, a state test. So it's it's not a joke. Yeah, it's, we have a, a decent amount of office, loan officers in my office, and not everybody's passing on the first time. It, it's it really is pretty rigorous. Okay, so that's been an improvement. So now there's one central licensing, yes. not just Department of Real Estate mm-hmm. or Department of Corporations. Um, you also have to have that NMLS license. Yes, and. Um, Pass some tests, so uh, there's some accountability there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, a lot more, uh, yeah. Regulation, I think, was definitely needed. Okay, let's change subjects now and go into veteran loans. Um, it, can you briefly describe what the VA loan is, is like and what some of the benefits are? Yes, I mean, there's lots of, lots of benefits. I mean, what most people, the number one thing that people hear about is, you know, zero down payment, right? So there's lots of down payment assistance or low down payment options that are already out there. But specifically to, you know, kind of as a thank you and a benefit to people who have served in the military, uh, they have options to get in with a zero down payment. Uh, there are then additional benefits uh, in, in terms of them not having to have mortgage insurance, right, which is a, a huge savings in terms of what they can qualify for and then them having a lower monthly payment. Uh, there are even certain circumstances with them having a disability. You know, the, a disability assessment, they may not have the small funding fee that's generally associated with these loans. Even in some counties, if they have, I think it's 100% disability, where there can be a certain amount of their property taxes that are forgiven every year. So it happens after the transaction, but there's just some really cool things that, that are, uh, you know, part of the, the VA loan process. And, you know, and I heard somebody say that, oh, you know, the pro- the reason we went through that recession was all the no-money down loans. And yet f- the VA loan program has been around for decades, mm-hmm. no money down. Yeah. And it is one of the best-performing loans out there. Yeah. Banks love them. And I think the difference is skin in the game. Absolutely. You know, the veteran has skin in the game. They they literally put it out there. And there's a pride involved with that VA benefit, whereas what the 12 years ago, those loans with no money down, um, there was no skin in the game. You, you weren't putting up your VA benefits. You you were just signing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the other thing, too, is obviously qualifying. So it's not stated income. You know, they not it's not just that they have little to no investment, you know, on the front end. It's that they actually are qualifying, you know, for that product. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you can repay it. And oftentimes their jobs are, are pretty steady. Right. So that's a, that's a benefit. 
And earlier you mentioned negative amortization. Mm-hmm. Tell the consumer out there, our listeners, what what is negative amortization? Yeah, so essentially amortization is for a car loan or for a, a home loan, it's basically the schedule as to how you are paying back the, the amount that you borrowed, so the principal and the interest. So a negative amortization loan would be something where your payments are not lowering the the balance of the principal. So let's say you borrowed $100,000. At the end of a set amount of time, you would actually owe more than you had originally borrowed, even though you're making payments every month. You basically would be covering part of the interest, but not all of it. It's, you know, it's a risky product for, for yeah. a normal consumer. So amortization is the process of paying the loan down. Exactly, paying off, off the principal. Yeah, paying yeah. off the principal balance. Negative amortization does exactly that. It yeah. goes the other way. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't really see many of those out there anymore, right? No, thank no. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What? Um, so going to the VA loan. Um, Brandon, when you when you get a, a buyer and they say they have veteran benefits, is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, most of the time, we know that the loan is secure. Um, like like David mentioned, I mean, they go through the entire process just like anyone else does. Um, it's just the loan that they are given the opportunity to take. It's a strong loan, and when I see it on the listing side, and I rep- and I present that to a seller, I always let them know. Um, and you know. Something that that we just gained this year at the Fresno Association of Realtors was a huge grant um, that was given for veterans. And I'm going to kind of pass that over back to Don to kind of explain in detail. But this program is significant. And actually, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I got a call from a listing agent on a property of mine. He said, will it go VA? I said, yeah, it will. I said, as a matter of fact, one, it will go VA. I said, two... I can promote and push even more for the VA loan to my seller based on this grant that I'm going to kind of let Don kind of touch on right now. You piqued my interest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, you know, realtors aren't just all about big commissions and all that. There is a fund set up through the California Association of Realtors called the Housing Affordability Fund. Mm-hmm. All of it is just voluntary contributions from realtors throughout the state that goes into this pot of money. And the Fresno Association of Realtors went to them and asked for a $50,000 grant. So we now have that money for this program called the Veteran Opportunity Program. Because of an old myth, many sellers think that the VA loan is great, great, great for the buyer, but not for the seller. It's going to cost me money. And, And that's really not true. It used to be true, but not anymore. Um, and, and especially on certain types of homes. If you have a home that's only 10 or 15 years old, you're probably not going to have issues like lead-based paint or uh, time bomb water heaters. Um, so you don't have... I just made that up, by the way. <laughs> time bomb water heaters. Yeah. Um, so you, there's really no worries. The, v, the VA appraiser will look for those things, but, you know, it's not going to be a, a factor. But to combat that and to help veterans and create opportunities for them, the Veterans Opportunity Program will assist the seller with a $2,000 grant. So there's 25 of them that will go out there. Wow. If the seller is participating and accepts a uh, veteran loan, the seller will be entitled to a $2,000 grant through this Housing Affordability Fund 
for the because they're working with a veteran. That's fantastic. Now, the way I like to put it, that's going to benefit 25 veterans, 25 sellers mm-hmm. to veterans. It should benefit 2,500 people because this is going to get the conversation going that VA loans are not bad. They're worth doing. Absolutely. Yeah, and and especially as the market becomes more normal, and maybe you only have one offer or two offers, and one of them's a VA loan. Um, don't just write it off because you think, oh, my grandfather told me that VA loans were bad. That used to be, but they're not anymore. Yeah, so. I think they're a very competitive product. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not only is, is the money good, just as good. But then you're also helping a veteran, I mean, get a home. I think that's that's a great thing. Right. And let's say, and here's another benefit to it. Let's say a seller who is selling a $300,000 home, but several buyers only qualify to two seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not in the market for that $300,000 home. But if they're a veteran, maybe they will qualify for the $300,000 loan. Because you said there's no mortgage insurance. Yeah. So that's a cost saving. And that's a benefit to the seller because you now have more buyers eligible to qualify for your home. Yeah, and and the great thing too is in terms of for people that qualify for the the VA loan, they may think under traditional guidelines or talking to their family members or other people that there's no way they could qualify for a home loan. Um, I actually, I had a loan uh, with another person on the board, actually, Joel Arambula. Uh, we had a gentleman who had a low credit score. We worked with him for a couple months. He was able to buy, and he had had people, countless people tell him there was no way he was going to qualify. Uh, but that's just, it's it's really an awesome product, very forgiving, especially it's understanding of the life that happens. You know, not everybody's credit is going to be perfect, and it, it accommodates that those kinds of situations. So I, for the listeners out there, if you're a seller, remember the Veterans Opportunity Program that is now in effect, started just a week ago. Um, talk to your realtor uh, about that, the Veterans Opportunity Program, because it might uh, b- bring some buyers into your pool. Um, and if you're certainly if you're a veteran buyer, look into that too. And then look out for the homes that are advertising that they are working with that Veterans Opportunity Program. So with that, we're going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Brandon Uribe, Realtor with Villa Rio Estates Realty, and we also have David Keller, a loan officer with Alameda Mortgage, both local to the Central Valley, so you can actually call them, see them, work with them. Um, not if you go online, you can maybe work with them. You yeah, can't absolutely. see them. Yeah, you can still work with me, but I'd like to meet people in person. <laughs> right, right. And you know what? A little advice here. That's how you make customers for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If um, I had one earlier in the year where they were scattered all over the country, the the three sellers, so everything was done by email. Never heard their voices. I don't doubt that I'll never hear from them again. Uh, you know, there there was no bonding. There was no personal connection. Yeah. 
but the ones that you actually can see and help them out, um, maybe share frustrations or heartaches, it, they'll be your customers for life. Absolutely. Yeah, that in-person relationship makes a difference. I mean, that's what this industry is built on. Um, that's what people that you know stay in this industry work off of. And honestly, myself, I'm a, I'm a social individual, and I just I love getting to meet people. I love getting to meet people, and um, I think that's a, that's a huge part of part of this industry is making those face-to-face connections. Mm-hmm. Um, Good, absolutely. Glad to hear that. A couple of millennials here. Actually, I should say three. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still I'm still young at heart. <laughs> All right, let's go to first-time homebuyers because um, you know you guys probably deal a lot with that being your your young. And uh, what what's it like working with a first time homebuyer? Uh, if I could start, I, I'd say it's a lot of things. First of all, I'd say it's very rewarding. I mean, I, I think that in terms of the amount of work that I put in, I think it's greater than most you know transactions because if they've purchased a home before uh, on my end, you know they, they kind of have an idea, a rough idea as to how it works. But it's it's a lot of education, really. That's what I try to do. It's it's not trying to you know lead them to a specific product or tell them a certain way to go. My goal when I when I'm meeting with a first-time home buyer when I'm helping them, just is to kind of gauge where they're at in the process. How much do they know? What you know? What have they researched? What ideas do they have? Lay out the whole process for them. What it looks like and educate them enough to where they can make the right decision for them and their family based off of how they're going to use that house, how long they're going to live there and feel confident that they're making the right decision and not feel like they were led into something or they didn't really read the fine print. I want them to be confident in the decisions that they're making. So you you believe as a loan officer you're educating them because there are it's it's like going through a menu at the restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I mean speaking of which, I was in the restaurant business for 7 years. So that's what really what I feel like I'm doing. It's kind of have you been here before? Have you tried anything on the menu? You know, what have you what do you know? What have you tried? What do you like? It's those same exact questions. It really is just a lot of questions. It's it's me talking, but mainly to ask them to talk to me and tell me what they're looking for. You know, I'm going to have to sit here corrected. Here I, I called you young and youthful, but you've been in the car business seven years in the restaurant business. Yeah. You can't be that young. No, yeah, 28 this month. 28 in, uh, yeah, just just on the okay. 20th. You just went to work early. Right? <laughs> exactly. I started working at 16. <laughs> So educating the buyer, because there are choices, and I think that's what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think when they go to get pre-qualified for a loan, there's a loan, one one thing. But, I mean, there's different guidelines. Mm -hmm. How a VA, uh, credit score for a VA is different than credit score for um, a conventional loan. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just try to tell people, and I, I rely on my history, especially in the car business, because I was a finance manager there as well. Buying a house is unlike anything you've ever bought before. And I think that's where probably Brandon and I both, as a realtor and a lender, it's a lot of education and kind of re-education because they think it's going to be just like buying something else, and you just go and sign up and you get your financing at the car dealership in five hours, three hours, whatever. It's not like that. There's so many more options. It's so much more complex, and that's why working with a professional that can meet with you face-to-face and help guide you through that process is, I think, really key. Sure, and there's a lot of decisions to make, too, even not just on what type of a loan, but what interest rate to choose. Absolutely. I think a lot of people don't realize you get to choose the interest rate. Mm -hmm. Of course, 
That's know, a unique low, position, the, yeah. Yeah, the lower the interest rate, the more the upfront costs are. But uh, that's a choice. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I I preach to my agents and my clients is they always ask me, you know, what's the best deal or what's the best loan? My answer is there's no such thing. There's no such thing as the best deal or the best house or best loan. Everything is situational. Everything depends on you and what you're trying to do and what your situation is. There's no you know, unicorn product that you should always choose. It's always going to be a, a, something that's specifically tailored to you and your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with David. Um, I always say everything is a case-by-case basis, no matter how old you are, how long you've been working somewhere, your credit score. Everything is case-by-case basis. There might be multiple programs out there for our buyers, and one program is just going to fit them better than other programs. And that's why it's important to work with a loan officer who knows this stuff. They're going to walk you through everything, and every time you pick up the phone and you call them, they're going to have an answer for you or get you that answer almost immediately. Um, And that's the difference between working with someone who is reputable in the industry and working with someone who is not so much reputable. is that education. Me working with first-time home buyers, the biggest thing I catch myself doing is, is educating them, is teaching them. This is what the market's like. This is how the process works. These are things to be weary about. Um, but one of the, the first conversations I ever have with a first-time home buyer, um, I ask them, are you, are you really committed to this? Because this is going to take sacrifice. Starting from this day moving forward, it's sacrifice. And the first step to that is going and contacting a loan officer meeting with them, getting them the information they need. Either they qualify or they don't. If they don't, you develop a game plan with them. But are they committed? Um, Because to be honest with you, you might be out there showing homes to somebody, and at the end of the day, they might walk away and say, "Eh, I don't really want a home today. But then they see the next home, and they're like, oh, I can see myself living here. Well, I'm sorry to say they're not committed, and and you really have to ask yourself, am I going to be committed to purchasing a home? Do I want to purchase a home for myself, for my family? Do I want to be the first-time home buyer in my family? It's all up to the consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you really want to do it, between David and I, we'll make it happen. Absolutely, that's no, there's no question about it. But it's really the consumer kind of asking themselves and looking at themselves in the mirror. It's going to sound weird and saying, do I really want to be a homeowner? Because if I do, I know what I have to do, and I know what I have to sacrifice. So when you first meet uh, a buyer, a first-time home buyer, what are the, the, the your first conversation with them? You're developing a game plan. What are the things you want them, what do you want to ask them? Um, one of the first things I actually ask them is if they are the first-time home buyer, and they're, they're going to be the first home buyer in their family. Are their parents renting, or do their parents own? Oftentimes, their parents own, and that's why they're there with me trying to figure out how to purchase a home. If their parents aren't homeowners, I ask them how they develop the idea of purchasing a home. And then at that point, I kind of figure it out. And honestly, I say, you know what? I look up to you for saying that. I look up to you for coming from, for coming from a family who are primarily renters or you've never owned or you've never had one place to live your entire life, you know, I say, you know what, you like, hoorah to you because not many people can, can, can say, you know what, my family's been renting since, since the day I was born, but I want to be a homeowner. Okay. So I ask them those questions and I say, you know what, why do you, you know, where do you come from, why do you want a home, and is this really important to you? Um, and then at that point, if it is, like I, going back to what I just said about sacrifice, I'm going to educate you and teach you what you need to know. I'm going to put you in the right hands of the right loan officer, such as David, and I'm going to say, this is how we begin. 
And then once we're at that point and they're committed and I've seen they've, they've made the appointment, they've done the things that David's instructed them to do. At that point, it takes a little bit of time sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just kind of hold off, hold off. And once they're ready, I say, you know what? This can happen as fast as you want it to happen. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. That's a great answer. I was going to say to piggyback on that, um, all those things are great questions. You know, for me, I'm asking them, you know, a lot of questions. Obviously, there's the financial questions, which is a part of it. But it's really finding out, you know, is this going to be your forever home or is this, you know, your starter home? Are you wanting to rent this out later? Are you want, you know, what what's your situation like? What are you going to use it for? Is it going to be you? Are there going to be family living there? You know, what's what's your goals? To, what do you want to accomplish and how can I help you? And if there's maybe some things you're trying to accomplish that aren't the best, maybe giving a little bit of constructive, you know, criticism or feedback as, you know, professionals in the industry. Okay. What would be the best real estate advice that you could give someone? Let's, let's start with Brandon. Uh, as far as a first-time home buyer? Sure. Honestly, I'd say you can do it. I don't think there's any there's any, any roadblocks that can really prevent somebody from never owning a home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw it with my parents. Uh, my parents were young when they had me, and mm-hmm. um, my grandpa actually purchased the first home my parents ever bought, and, you know... My mom worked as a substitute teacher, and my dad worked as a brand-new realtor. And as you know, in this industry, when you start, you know, you don't just start selling like that. You know, it takes some time, and um, and they sacrificed, and, and, and that was it. And I just, you know, I just like to tell everybody out there, you know, you can do it. Whether or not you think you're in a position where there's – you're never going to have the opportunity to do it. If you set your mind to it and you sacrifice, you know, you can do it. Absolutely. All right, David, what what would be the best real estate advice you could give someone? And this comes from a loan officer now. Yes, yeah, so on my on my side, it's really very similar to his, but I would say to anybody to meet because obviously very few people are going to be buying their first home cash. They're almost everybody's going to be using a loan. And I would say meet with a a a good local lender that's going to spend the time with you to develop a game plan before you think you're ready, well before you think you're ready. Because you might get to the point where you say, okay, all my ducks are in a row by my standards or Mm -hmm. what I read online, and I'm going to go meet with this guy, I'm going to give him my pay stubs, my W-2s, and I'm going to go buy a house next week. Oh, then there's a credit issue or something else. So that's my advice. Okay, one last question real quickly before we have to go. And for the people who say, well, I'm not quite ready yet, so I don't know if I should go get pre-qualified, what do you say about that? I would say have that conversation. You don't have to go through the whole process, but meet with somebody in the industry who knows what they're doing. Have those conversations with them and let them give you a little bit of guidance so you can be the best prepared when you're ready. All right. I want to thank both of you guys for coming in today and helping us out on Welcome Home Radio. And to all our listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio.